Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Very happy to be joined by the co-founders of a new uh, platform called Muck Tracker. Uh, we have Kate Dalton and Elliot Chait as our guests on today's show. Kate and Elliot, uh, Elliot and Kate, welcome to Trending in Education. Hi, thank you. Happy to be here. Thank yeah. You. Yeah, it's great to have uh, the two of you. And uh, I may refer to the two of you as y'all because that's my relatively okay collective second person pronoun. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So yeah, I'd love to get our listeners acquainted with what Muck Tracker is and what you're trying to accomplish with it and where you are in your life cycle with the effort here around media literacy, news literacy, delivering that in a K-12 space primarily, but also applications in higher ed and lifelong learning and and super zeitgeisty, as I like to say, zeitgeisty. It's super zeitgeisty heading into this election season. People need to understand what their news sources are. They need to develop their critical thinking. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with the two of you. But before we get started in the, the nuts and bolts of that, I'd love to hear uh, each of you tell your origin story as someone who's, who's at this point in, in the world of learning and education. So, so maybe we'll start with you, Kate, and then follow up with Elliot. Sure, yeah. I have a background as a K-12 educator. I taught high school English in Washington, D.C. and New York City for seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, I transitioned from that to write educational content for another ed tech company. Mm -hmm. And then in 2016, or shortly thereafter, I met Elliot Chait through a citizens group, and we began working on Muck Tracker, mm -hmm. this online learning platform for students to critically evaluate and interact with the news. Awesome. And let's see. So I got my PhD in media studies mm -hmm. from the University of Texas at Austin. Mm -hmm. And then in a strange turn of events, ended up working at Facebook mm. in the editorial department in New York. And I kind of had a little bit of a revelation that even though I had spent at that point 10 years <laughs> studying the media, I knew very little about how a lot of digital media was being produced and consumed. Mm. And it made me want to re-enter from the ground uh, level, start over again with, with mm -hmm. the thinking about media literacy uh, and media pedagogy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that's when I came up with the idea for Muck Tracker. I had been playing around a little bit but it wasn't really until I met Kate that we started to turn it into a, a real mission-driven project and focus decided to focus on educational space. Awesome yeah so I'd love to hear more about what Muck Tracker is specifically it's a product it's something an educator can use to, to help deliver media literacy curriculum to to their their students in their classrooms but I'd also love to understand more at the conceptual level, you know, what is media literacy? What is the mission you were describing, Elliot? Maybe we could pick up mm -hmm. uh, with you sure. there and then Kate add any, any color you think makes sense. But, but what's, the, what's the problem space that, uh, that you're, you're wading into here? And, and then how, how does Muck, Muck Tracker help start to drive towards a better place? Yes, well... The, I mean, the topic of media literacy, as a, first of all, as a separate kind of literacy is baffling to me because all literacy is media literacy. 
And just because traditionally we think of literacy as associated with things like books, a book is a particular medium, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and communication form. But as there are increasingly things moving into uh, information, moving into new media, and I think everyone is unmoored uh, by a lack of common literacy standards around these collective media that we use, many of which are our digital and online area, mm -hmm. when really what we're talking about these days is literacy. Right. Because media literacy is based on the idea that in order to understand the mass media, you have to have a separate set of tools than generally understanding literature and communication. But right, what we're really talking about is understanding a literacy, how to understand and interpret communication mediums right. that is all inclusive. So right, that's right. the first that's the right. first that part and, of and just, literacy. And just jumping in on that too, you know, the 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 Marshall McLuhan quote, the medium is the message, these different media formats, the profusion of them makes the ways in which we can receive information really varied and the the numbers of sources that may or may not be validated in the used to be like a higher barrier to entry to be in the quote-unquote media but with that higher barrier came uh, a little more rigor and some some standards and some sense of accountability now that everybody can be a publisher it makes the world a much more confusing place and even these types of insights are not typically in K-12 education, they're not built into the K-12 curriculum typically. And then even, you know, not every university has a media studies program. And even then the way those programs are defined is somewhat varied. So I'd love to hear more though about what the platform is and, and how, how it actually works. So, so Kate, maybe can you, can you pick up with that a little bit? Sure. The platform is providing a way for students to engage with different media sources hopefully in a way that's different than how they encounter them in their daily lives. Mm -hmm. So we want to, to both mirror their daily lives, but also challenge it a bit to get them mm -hmm. thinking about how they consume the media and how the media produces messages that are delivered to them. Mm -hmm. So students can interact with the news, they can search the news, they can annotate sources, they can save them to collections, they can manipulate and organize them to make meaning of the sources, depending on what the teacher wants them to look at. So they could be looking at sources that have a certain bias and they could be moving them into different sections on a canvas space, mm -hmm. or they could be looking at sources just to organize them for their research paper, right? Sometimes they need help doing that because there's just so many sources there, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's also this idea that we're going to use visualization, like a horizontal timeline for them to have a sense of agenda setting. Mm -hmm. or in framing what's being covered, what's not being covered, mm -hmm. and the how and the why. Right. So to consider these patterns in news coverage and really the bigger picture of it all to have that to be able to step back and reflect yep. on what the message is or what the messages are. Yeah. And for you as, a, as someone who's been a K-12 educator, you've taught high school, one of the things we're trying to understand is what's it like to be a K-12 educator these days and what types of uh, things do you need to be effective from that experience for you, Mark Tracker? How would you use it? How would you um, 
bring it into your classroom? How would you bring it to life? Yeah, and just speaking from my own experience, I taught mainly upper grades in high school. So okay. and big, a big part of that task was one, teaching students to write research papers, sometimes as a graduation requirement, often for the first time. And that was a huge task and to help them do it and to be able to track their process throughout. And so Mock Tracker would provide a way for me to be able to see the sources they're thinking, thinking mm -hmm. through, how they're thinking about it, what they're deeming good and bad, or, you know, just confused about. So I'd have a chance to check on that. And mm -hmm. then also with the standards of all the nonfiction standards or the standards related to AP English language and composition, which I also taught for mm -hmm. several years and to examine rhetoric and that issue of framing again and yeah. what these little language choices, you know, what's the difference between using the word lie or misstatement, right? right. That's like right. a big thing that you have to teach your kids mm -hmm. and to be able to put it in the context of the news where the stakes are high right. and important establishes that relevance and gives them some more added context. Yeah, that was, I was, that's where I was going next was the relevance side, because we've had a lot of conversations of late about if, if a student doesn't know why they're learning something, it's a lot more likely that they'll check out. And that's why a lot of the conversations have had, despite the, the, the real turmoil and difficulty that we're facing in the right now, the idea that you can activate the learning curiosity in your students nowadays because the news is so relevant and then being able to flow that through a platform that's designed to teach media literacy i think that's a real opportunity and yeah elliot i'd, I'd love to hear more from you on all this yeah i mean one of the things we want to push in this focus on journalism as part of the media ecosystem right mm -hmm, mm -hmm not only the point that you made earlier about how the open access has created lots of voices within this system, mm -hmm. but that as a, a, the teacher and the student and the, the producers of the content and the amateurs and the, everyone is involved in, in a process altogether, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all at different, different places there, yeah. but it, it really removes the barrier because we're all trying to understand what's being said. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a place for the student to learn and also for the teacher to learn right aspects because the technology is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I especially. I think that's a really important point. And I've, I've, made, I've made a similar point recently is that the fact that we're all going through this shared experience of quarantining at home, sheltering at home, spending a lot more time online. Obviously, some folks may have more challenges even to have more time online. So that's just a separate issue. But, but the idea that it's easier for us to empathize with others and come at it more at, on a level playing field, allow it to be a little more emergent rather than top down. And for the educator to be like a co-creator of an experience that everyone learns from is sort of the broader platform angle that I think is really interesting in terms of what you're doing, because I, I think it applies to K-12, but I think it does apply really throughout our lives. We need to learn how to be critical about what's emerging. And frequently you learn the most by being in a diverse group with different perspectives. And in some ways then the K-12 educator is bringing her own perspective to the conversation, 
with some some rules and guardrails and i imagine some of the guardrails are probably built built into the platform so what's next right now you're relatively early stage you've gotten some funding you're getting some more awareness you're building the product you're you're planning to launch uh sometime this fall when everything is everyone's really trying to understand what's what's true and what's the news i think for us in the fall we're looking to in the interim while we're developing the platform, getting it ready to go for that release, the launch, we're going to be providing lessons and content for teachers to provide to students and for them to engage with the media and mm -hmm. critically examine them as it pertains to these big social issues about Black Lives Matter, civil unrest, mm -hmm. the election that's coming up, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, we're looking to pull in our resources and have some inquiry-based activities for them to mm -hmm. do without our technology, but using the technology that they have right mm -hmm. in front of them to, mm -hmm. but applying the core curricular concepts. Awesome. And then, so if, uh, if educators or listeners want to learn more about that, they would go to mucktracker.com? Correct. That's right. Yeah. Got it. And then if things go well, where do you see this going? So you're still relatively early in the conversation. You know, folks, uh, I think are activated by some of the ideas and the direction. How big could this go? What are some ways in which it might make an impact? I'd love to get maybe Elliot, some of your perspective on that. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm generally kind of concerned with the way that the media and education intersect, the ways that media and, and education intersect. And so one of the ideas behind the product was that this would be a way to make sure that current events were being given their full due in, in classroom settings and that the media as it has become, right, is also being examined and explored. Mm -hmm. You know, in the past it was, you know, it would be so students would have news digests or something like that, but there would right. always has there was always a version of the news for educational purposes. Right. And and right now I think we 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 need that, but we also need a version that that respects the students' ability to right kind of go out into the real world of news mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and see the messages that are being targeted to them. Right. And to that end, how, how much can you include things like YouTube or social media, places where uh, Gen Z is notoriously spending a lot of their time? There's more mature, you know, validated news agencies, print, formerly print, now web-based mainly, but but what about other forms of like video or audio media? Is that stuff that can be consumed into the platform or that can be part of the, the, the curriculum that you're teaching? Well, it's certainly part of the curriculum. I mean, the, mm -hmm. it, the idea is that everything is an example, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Right now, what we're pulling in is basically text from web pages. Right, right. But... But there's, you know, there is certainly the potential and people have been doing a lot, you know, everything is getting easier all the time, maybe not licensing, although that's getting easier too. Sure. And also, I've talked frequently about how audio and text are, are, are in many ways the same, becoming the same format, you know, like you can quickly through speech to text, convert just about any audio into text. Yes. And so if you had a transcript of a transcript. podcast, a podcast mm -hmm. for example that could be used because uh, another thing we've had we have had conversations uh, with educators who are uh, having good success using 
emerging media formats in their lesson plans for that same relevance point that, that you were making uh, earlier, uh, Kate? Yeah, and I think we are designing the platform in a way that, that we have a notion of text that is broad. That whatever mm -hmm. goes in there is could be a print text, it could be a non-print text, it could be a non-news text, right? It mm -hmm. could be you have this some you know that basic core unit that mm -hmm. could function in a variety of ways as we progress. Right. Awesome. The unit the unit can be annotated, it can mm -hmm. be tagged, and it can be connected to any other unit within the database. Cool. So you know it's a way of of you know one of the biggest just issues that I have in teaching is that students just They'll Google something, they'll pick the first result, they don't know where they found it, mm -hmm. right? They don't keep track, they don't save. So right, a big right. part of what we're doing is just creating the scaffolding space, a space mm. for students to engage uh, in research in a, in, a, in a intentional way. Yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like a wall, like intentionally a wall garden that has some right. boundaries around it so you can control and understand what activity is happening in there, which which does make sense. In some ways, it's almost like builds the the virtual and cognitive classroom management into the into the platform experience, so that folks can stay on task too. Because that is another, in addition to tracking your sources, just once a curriculum moves online, it moves to all the distractions that are online. Right. If you can at least build an intentional space that folks who want to lean into the learning can focus, uh, I imagine that's. Uh, that's a really valuable thing. I did want to touch on just the name Muck Tracker, which I yes. think is pretty, is pretty cool. And there's some history to tie to there. And then, you know, we talked about, you know, MuckTracker.com is where people can go. You know, if they, they want to opt in to this, particularly as a K-12 educator, certainly y'all be interested in that. And then we'll conclude. I, I generally like to ask my guests, what other trends are you noticing in the world around you? Is there anything you want our, our, our listeners to, to be uh, open to or paying extra attention to, so that that's how we'll close. But uh, but prior to that, a little bit of history around muck tracker and muck raking and uh, muckety mucks. So I don't know, you know, Elliot, are you in the best position to describe that, or is that uh, is that Kate? Uh, do you want to give us a tr uh, crack at it, Kate? Sure. I think for us, it's about honoring that tradition of mm -hmm. the muckrakers, the the digging up the dirt, the investigative journalism having that in our students that are our users, our teachers that are in our platform that have that kind of spirit and that mm -hmm. like critical stance towards the world and the information in front of them. And so we want them to emulate them in our system. And then we also want to kind of honor that legacy of journalism from the past and, you know, honor it by challenging it in a way too, right? Mm -hmm. By being critical of the news media sometimes to uplift it as well. Yeah, and if folks are interested in that that history, it's Muckrakers, Ida B. Wells. There's a wealth of knowledge. I saw it on your website, too. You do have some of the history there, which is a nice, if you do want to poke around and understand the history of investigative journalism and, and some of the ways in which folks who were in journalistic roles and media roles and news roles were critical agents in the evolution of American history. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff to dig into there. I, so. I'll just say Ida B. Wells got the um, honorary Pulitzer oh, yeah. here. Yeah, um, right. So that was much long overdue. And it's mm -hmm. also being part of this space and this work, it's nice to see other people 
that are doing the work related to Ida B. Wells and honoring her legacy as well mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of journalism and critical data analysis online. So. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and also to connect to this feeling of civic responsibility that a mm -hmm. lot of young people have, mm -hmm. um, that the media is not just uh, a landscape of consumerism, right? That there mm -hmm. is a way in which journalistic tradition and the access to these platforms does really empower people as citizens and as voters. Yeah, awesome. So, so a little bit of additional homework for those of you who did not know about the Muckrakers, Ida B. Wells, really interesting history there. Go to tracker.com. You can find out about that. You can opt into uh, some pilots, get some more information. And then as we conclude, I'd love to get any uh, parting thoughts uh, from, from each of you. And with that, anything emerging trends, something new, something interesting that, that's kind of capturing your imagination. Maybe begin with you, Kate, and then conclude with, with you, Elliot, if that works. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of the conversations around equity, especially around racial justice, but also socioeconomic justice, paying a lot of attention to asset-based learning mm -hmm. and education, moving away from deficit-based, and we're trying to be intentional about that in our product, but it's also just really interesting to check out some of the conversations out there around mm. asset-based learning, moving away from that deficit mindset and mm. um, really examining the ways we think about teaching and learning and the products we're building in that space. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I, I no longer say achievement gap, I say opportunity gap. That just at a high level is one way in which I've noticed that change, but it's definitely asset-based learning is the term there. So folks, uh, check that out. That's a nice one, Kate. And then, and then Elliot, uh, concluding thoughts? Well, I'll just kind of agree with Kate in a, in a, because I think one of the things that in particular that, that that kind of approach can bring to media literacy is that folks have varying exposure to, to different sources of media, but the, the, that exposure and that intelligence or knowledge is not something that's rewarded necessarily with traditional literacy education, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If the idea is you shouldn't be reading this, you should be reading that, you shouldn't be looking at this, you should be looking at that. And so I think at this, in this space particularly, with, with, new, with new media letters, nothing is, is wasted, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All knowledge is, it becomes in handy, and that's true for journalists as well. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, everything's a learning opportunity these days, and, and it's changing so fast. We really need to take the time to reflect and be critical in a lot of ways. That's, uh, that's kind of what media studies is about, and that's what it uh, sounds like your platform has built many of these tools into the experience so that folks can develop that critical perspective, which, which can be learned, but it, it does take practice. So Elliot and Kate, co-founders of MuckTracker, MuckTracker.com, really fascinating conversation. Look forward to tracking your future success as you move into this really interesting space at this hugely relevant time. Thanks very much for joining us on Trending in Education. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us. Yeah, and for our listeners, if you liked what you're hearing, tell a friend. Share on social, share on your LinkedIn, and follow us everywhere you can. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to Trending in Education.